The other day I caught a conversation between two psychologists. It's a field that I have just a little bit of background in and just a little bit of interest. And I did find their conversation quite interesting. They were talking about trials and trauma in particular and the way that it affects the story or the map that we use to get around in this world. They said that the story or, or a story or map it manifests itself in a set of assumptions and goals about the world. So if you've had something tragic happen in your past, then your body computes the present danger of the environment based off of the number of things from the past that aren't resolved. Now by resolved, they mean something like you've created a solution for them. They said, if your psychophysiological system, so that your psyche and your body, assumes that all the danger you were once subject to is still present in the environment, then it'll set you on edge as if you're walking in dangerous territory. The psychophysiological response corresponds to this perceived danger, which does things like burn up excess resources to deal with the threat, which has long-term health consequences. Right. If a robber enters into your house, all your energies are focused on him, which has a way of depleting your long-term resources, your ability to ward off viruses or bacteria, for example. So it's more likely to overcome trauma and no longer store it psychophysiologically by generating a story about why the trauma emerged and then reconfigure the way you're conducting your life so that the likelihood of this trauma reappearing is close to zero, if you think about it, there's a natural benefit from confession. You're looking at the past, seeing how things went wrong, and formulating a plan for the future. They said that the purpose of memory is not so much in recalling exactly events of the past. So we're not very good at this, and this is just me speaking. I think that's part of the reason why we find those progressive insurance commercials Kind of funny, you know, the what really happened replays that throw the red flag. Did you bring the sweet potatoes? Yes, I said we should. And well, we can laugh at it because it's happening to someone else. Like that's what happens with our spouse, but our spouse is laughing at us as well, right? So we're not very good at remembering things exactly. Memory is more like a navigation tool to help us get around. It can help us come to terms with past trauma or trials and map out a way forward. Confronting that takes courage since it acknowledges vulnerability, but it's the way we become the protagonist of our story, the way that we become free, not constricted by it. So if you have a memory older than about 18 months and it comes up involuntarily and haunts you and creates a stress reaction, as far as your body is concerned, that danger hasn't gone away. This is warning you that the map you're using is incomplete and might enable you to fall into the same hole. Bringing this memory to mind voluntarily and creating a plan for dealing with it is the only way for that experience, that memory to be overcome. Without this, it might show up in dreams or fantasies. It might be triggered by a conversation. And the part of the brain that is triggered by danger will never let you go if you don't engage or confront it voluntarily and map out a way forward that is resolve it. Now, 
I, I thought that was a very interesting take. And I thought, well, that would be an interesting take actually on the incarnation. God's becoming a human being in Jesus. I mean, that's what was alluded to in our first reading. On that day, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots, a bud shall blossom. Talking about new life, new life coming from the root, Jesse, that was the father of King David. That would have been like the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus. New life, he said, is coming in this line of David, but there's something different about him. The spirit, that means the mind of the Lord shall rest upon him, a mind of wisdom and understanding, a mind of counsel and strength. He's operating not according to his own whims, but God's mind has become totally integrated in him. The second person, the Trinity, the Son, who was in eternal dialogue or relationship with the Father, who is love, became a human being at a particular time in history at a particular place, born into a specific people with a long history of hopes and failures, of being enslaved and enslaving others, of being called to be light and yet embracing the darkness. But this people's history, as everyone's does, extends all the way back to the beginning. So we could say from this vantage point that by becoming a human being, God embraced all that which humanity was capable of all that which lay in potential in the first human beings, as well as in you and in me. I mean, every trauma then is present. Every horror, every homicide, every abortion, every prejudice, every false ideology, every bit of human trafficking, every lie, infidelity, and betrayal, and the plague for us, all apathy, and disregard for God and insincere participation at Mass. Now, I once knew a family whose kids were then in high school and in elementary school, and I would get up at Mass, sign of the cross, I'd say, the Lord be with you, and I would see them with their hands in their pockets, kind of looking like this. And during the hobbly, across the road, it was stunning. I'd just see arms kind of crossed like this. Even though I didn't notice, it was actually better when Dad was not present parity have an extraordinary capacity to shape the maps of your children by which they know or try to get around in this world. Brood of vipers, John the Baptist said. Vipers have poison within them, right? And that poison ends up coming out. And then listen, who warns you to flee from the coming wrath? Warns you. That's something extrinsic, something from the outside. The message of conversion, of repentance, hasn't been internalized like a child that repeatedly has to be told to do his or her chores. It remains exterior, foreign to the person. The map they're using is deficient and obviously doesn't contain the truth about God or your current condition, your life, your actions. John the Baptist saying, are just a charade. Pharisees, produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. There's the indication of internalizing the message of living in this world according to the story God has revealed to help you resolve the trauma that exists in every human heart. And yet, there is something more to the trauma of being a human being. Death. Death 
is, of course, the last experience of every human being. That deterioration and disintegration of our body, which is the means through which we know and relate with everything and everyone. Thus, death leaves each human being absolutely alone, in solitude without companionship or love or joy. There's the power and there's the trauma of death that awaits us all. Until God, in the person of Jesus, raised from the dead, brought our humanity into his own divine life so that those who are in him will never remain in the undying loneliness of death. As long as our lives are lived according to the map, the story which resolves the entire trauma of humanity. 